0: Happy New Year. As we do each month, this is Dean Hess along with Sarah Moore to bring you the Respiratory Care Podcast. Sarah, let's get started with our Editor's Choice Paper.
1: Our Editor's Choice Paper is very relevant to respiratory care practice. Haynes conducted a randomized controlled trial of cryoanalgesia, ice bag, to reduce pain associated with arterial blood gas puncture. The treatment group had a bag of ice applied to their wrist for three minutes prior to arterial puncture. Ice application prior to arterial puncture was well tolerated and reduced procedure-related pain. As McSwain and Jaeger point out in their editorial, this paper provides good evidence that ice bag cryoanalgesia would be an appropriate addition to routine arterial puncture procedures in a variety of clinical settings.
0: Although non-invasive ventilation is increasingly used in general wards, limited evidence exists about its ability to provide effective ventilation in this setting. Oliveri et al. evaluated NIV delivered in the ward and found that it was feasible and can be safely administered overnight. As emphasized by Bauman, the importance of staff training cannot be overemphasized to obtain good results. It is important to tailor the NIV management program to the local culture, which might dictate the setting for NIV use.
1: Guidelines suggest limiting the plateau pressure to less than 30 centimeters water. Chan and colleagues determined whether plateau pressure within the first 24 hours of ICU admission is predictive of outcome and whether lower plateau pressure was associated with lower mortality. They found that lower plateau pressure was associated with lower mortality rate calais reminds us of the importance of tidal volume reduction to lower plateau pressure bearing in mind the potential impact of chest wall mechanics
0: dan and et al measured the inner volume of the endotracheal tube before extubation using the acoustic reflection method After extubation, the biofilm was studied with optical and atomic force microscopy and bacteriological analysis was performed. They found that endotracheal tube biofilm appears quickly after intubation. Even after a soft rinse, a small but measurable part of biofilm remains strongly adhered to the lumen of the tube. Moreover, it contained potentially pathogenic bacteria.
1: Chung et al. evaluated aerosol distribution during open suctioning and long-term surveillance of air quality in a respiratory care center. Airborne levels of particulate matter and bacteria were higher during open suctioning in mechanically ventilated patients. This emphasizes the need for the use of personal protective equipment during open suctioning or, alternatively, the use of closed suction catheters.
0: The aim of the study by Seidler Moy and colleagues was to compare four different nebulizers of three different types with an in vitro model of albuterol delivery. Osmolality was stable during nebulization With the vibrating mesh nebulizer but increased with the jet and ultrasonic nebulizers. Albuterol delivery was 1.6 to 2.3 times higher with the ultrasonic and vibrating mesh devices respectively as compared to the jet nebulizer. Particle size was significantly higher with the ultrasonic nebulizer.
1: Rosner and Mastro Pietro aimed to determine whether prior cardiac surgery is independently associated with decreased survival after infant tracheostomy. They found that cardiac surgery was independently associated with decreased survival in infants requiring tracheostomy. Clinicians and families of infants in whom tracheostomy after cardiac surgery is deemed necessary should consider this when planning long term care.
0: Fagadini et al. evaluated outcomes for prolonged mechanical ventilation after cardiac surgery. They found that subjects needing prolonged mechanical ventilation after combined surgery, in other words coronary artery bypass grafting plus valve surgery, might have worse outcomes than simple cardiac bypass surgery
1: ventilatory efficiency before and after lung volume reduction surgery was assessed by armstrong and colleagues they sought to assess changes in the relationship between minute ventilation and carbon dioxide production with lung volume reduction surgery compared to controls who only received standard medical care At six months, the lung volume reduction surgery group had significantly improved ventilatory efficiency and end tidal PCO2. The control group did not demonstrate these changes. The changes were greatest in the subjects who improved their exercise capacity after surgery.
0: Shimizu et al. evaluated an ECG-based screening tool for sleep disorder breathing to examine the usefulness of cyclic variation of heart rate score in subjects with heart failure. They found the cyclic variation of heart rate determined by Halter ECG was a useful screening index for severe sleep disorder breathing in subjects with heart failure.
1: The purpose of the study by Hammerding and colleagues was to evaluate the effect of an aerobic exercise program based on verbal and written guidelines on maximum exercise capacity using a cardiopulmonary exercise test, quality of life, and the self-reported aerobic exercise practice of children and adolescents with cystic fibrosis. They found that verbal and written guidelines for aerobic exercise, together with supervision over the phone, had a positive impact on the report of regular physical exercise practice by children and adolescents with CF. However, no improvement was found in lung function and maximum exercise capacity or domains of the quality of life questionnaire.
0: Zanini et al. conducted a study to determine minimal clinically important difference estimate for the visual analog scale component of the EuroQol group's five-dimension questionnaire after pulmonary rehabilitation. They found that the visual analog scale component could be a practical alternative to more time-consuming measures of health-related quality of life.
1: The aim of the study by Fushilo et al. was to analyze the effects of combining pulmonary rehabilitation with long-term oxygen therapy and non-invasive ventilation in a homogeneous group of subjects with kyphoscoliosis. Shortly after pulmonary rehabilitation, there was an improvement in 6-minute walk distance and dyspnea score at the end of a 6-minute walk test, but these changes were not confirmed at a 12-month follow-up visit. No significant effects of pulmonary rehabilitation on arterial blood gases were observed.
0: Liu and colleagues evaluated the efficacy of a complex COPD health management intervention in rural communities in China. Their health management program was an effective community-based strategy for the prevention and management of COPD in China. Similar programs might be effective other places around the world.
1: Fortis et al. hypothesized that the difference between SVC and FVC increases as a function of body mass index. They found that FVC was larger than SVC in subjects with low and normal BMI, but no evidence of airflow obstruction, whereas FVC was smaller than SVC in overweight and obese individuals.
0: The aim of the study by Gochicoa Randall et al. was to obtain reference values for impulse oscillometry in Mexican children and adolescents. Although these equations were generated in a Mexican population, they are probably also applicable in other Latin American populations with a similar ethnic background.
1: The aim of the study by Juan and colleagues was to investigate the effects of azithromycin on the development of emphysema in smoking-induced COPD in rats. They found that azithromycin attenuates pulmonary emphysema in this experimental model.
0: This month, we publish a review on the association between exposure to secondhand smoke during pregnancy and low birth weight. Our case reports are related to exogenous lipoid pneumonia, ventilation-induced massive lethal air embolism and subcutaneous emphysema, and endobronchial argon plasma coagulation for the treatment of deulofoid disease. Our teaching cases relate to Myasthenia gravis, and another emphasizing the necessity of histology. To receive the contents of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.